we all get caught up, right? From one Zoom meeting to the next, we're exhausted. And yet the biggest challenge you're going to have and what I'm sharing in terms of how I approach building trust with my employees is time. How are the leaders at all levels of management tackling the toughest challenges each day? That's the question. And this podcast is the answer. I'm Rob Fonte, and I'm bringing on the brightest minds in management to share practical solutions to those challenges you're facing. Let's get ready to jam. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Leadership Jam Session. Today's episode is going to feature a solo act by yours truly. That's right. It's just me today. And this comes from our Ask Rob series where you have the ability to send in a challenging scenario or a question right through my website, recorded message to me asking me for some advice or guidance or to weigh in on something. And so today's episode will feature just that. As such, I received a message from Doug who lives down in Texas. And here's the message to me. Hi, Rob. I just moved into my first management role. And I've heard you talk about the importance of building trust and that it takes time to gain the trust of your employees, which I completely understand. However, I would love to hear your thoughts on any techniques or best practices that you can share to help reduce the amount of time it takes to build trust with your employees. All right, Doug, I appreciate you sending me your message. And it's a great question. Comes up all the time in my workshops. In fact, I just had one last week with emerging leaders, those who are looking to become leaders one day, this very question came up. So the short answer to this is, yes, you can reduce the amount of time it takes to build trust. However, the journey in itself can be very elusive. I actually call this the elusive journey of building trust. And here's the reasons why. Now, look, there's been a lot of great literature, great books written on building trust. And I think it's safe to say we all understand the importance around it. But how to do it can be tricky at times for a variety of different reasons. However, what I'll share with you is what's worked for me, and hopefully it might work for you as well. The first thing is you really need to shift your mindset in terms of conditioning your mindset to look for opportunities. In fact, this is a great pull through to some extent from an episode I did a few weeks ago with Scott Holmes, great leader where he talked about it's the little things that matter with your employees. It's similar along those lines. And what I mean by that is when I take over a team or a new employee that joins my team, I know in my mind, I need to find opportunities to prove the one question that all your employees have when you take over a team. It's a very simple question. When you become a new manager or even a seasoned manager and you just happen to take on a new team or you have new employees that join your team, there's one question that that they're looking to get an answer. And that question is, does my manager have my best interest at heart? Does my new manager have my best interest at heart? That's it. It's that simple. That's the one question they're looking to get an answer for. So knowing that I, on day one, in my mind, I am looking for opportunities to prove that because it's the actions that I take that will answer that question. Now, you also have to understand the amount of time it takes to build trust with your employees. It's going to be very different from how I build trust and the amount of time it takes me to build trust from one employee to another. However, 
finding the opportunities and be very disciplined to look for them will certainly help reduce that timeline. For example, I had an employee that I hired. It was an internal hire. She worked for the organization. She was willing to move from the West Coast, I believe it was either Washington or, or maybe Oregon, to come move to New Jersey to take on a position and come work for me. Now, I know some of you might be thinking, all right, you might be questioning the level of, of her intelligence. Why would anybody want to move to New Jersey, pay double the amount for a house that's going to be half the size you currently have? I get that, high taxes. I had the same question myself. However, that being said, very intelligent woman, and I was very fortunate that she was willing to come to New Jersey. Now, this ties into where I'm going with this, particularly with the move that she was about to make, willing to uproot her family and, and make the trip to come live in New Jersey. So I was having a one-on-one -on -one with her uh, one day as she was uh, during her onboarding. Uh, I always have one-on-ones with my employees weekly, particularly when they're new joining the team or a new role they're coming into. And she was running a little late to the meeting. She jumped on. She said, I'm so sorry for running late. I was just talking to the reload company and just had to get a few things squared away. And so I asked her, is everything, is everything all right with the reload? And she's like, oh yeah, that's fine. I just needed to get some clarification. You know, we, my husband has a boat. We have a boat for the family and we're, we weren't sure if that was covered under the reload or not. And I said, well, was it? And she said, no, it, it wasn't, but that's fine. I just wasn't sure. I just wanted to make sure I budgeted enough money for whatever expenses that the organization wasn't going to cover. I said, okay. And we, we talked through the list of topics that we had to talk through. And then once we hung up, I made some phone calls. So I called my HR business partner, walked her through the scenario. And I said, hey, how come the uh, boat isn't covered? Or how can we get it approved? And she said, well, that's not really part of the policy, but you can talk to this person in HR who handles the reload. So I called that person and she walked me through, well, it's not part of the policy, but you can get it approved. Uh, you might be able to, but you need to go back to your HR business partner. I said, okay. So I went back to the HR business partner. I said, All right, so here's the story I'm getting. So help me figure this out. Can we do this or not? She's like, well, I guess if you really want to if you really want to give her that allocation, it just needs to come out of your budget. And I said, is that it? I just need to approve it, that it's going to come out of my budget? And she said, yeah. And of course, I sat back and thought to myself, well, maybe next time you start with that, instead of having me just go from one person to the next, try to figure this out. Anyway, you know, it's, it's amazing, right? I know you all get this. We in corporate America make things so much more complicated than what they really need to be. All right, so getting back to the scenario. So once I got that figured out and, and got it easily approved, I called her back. I said, hey, you know, I know we were, you were bringing me up to speed on the reload and about the boat. And by the way, I just want you to know that I was able to get that approved for you. So you won't have to pay for that out of your own money. And she was stunned. She was like, listen, I wasn't looking for that you know, I was running late and you asked me how things were going. So I just wanted you to know why I was running late. I'm like, no, I get that. I said, let me explain something to you. I said, let me, let me give you my perspective on this. We as an organization should be bending over backwards for somebody who's willing to uproot their family and to make 
what is going to be a more expensive move in terms of cost of living coming to New Jersey. That's that's the reality of it. And I want to make sure that that we're sending you the right message, that we value you and understand and appreciate the sacrifice you're going to make. And I want to make sure there's no further disruptions on the relocation, including any additional hardship financially that you may encounter. Now, what do you think that did in terms of the looking at that timeline of building trust and reducing that timeline? I can tell you with 100% I can tell you definitively that one act certainly helped reduce the amount of time it took to build that trust. And when I'm talking about trust, I'm talking about the trust that's answering that question. Does my manager have my best interest at heart? Because once you have that trust, there's so much more you can do with your employee to help them even from a coaching perspective, even with the hard conversations. I'm not going to say it makes it easier, but they're certainly much more willing to listen to it and to hear it because they know your intent is nothing more than having their best interest at heart. And once you have that, you can truly embark on a great and successful journey with your employees. Now, I'm not going to say that that was the only single act that pushed me over the edge, but Obviously, there was a lot of other things along the way. I was looking for those small wins to prove that I did have her best interest at heart. The challenge with what I'm sharing with you is I'm going to go back to the reconditioning your mind because the biggest hurdle to overcome is, is time. Investing the time to really look for those opportunities, right? It was a simple comment she made about her boat and if I didn't ask, is everything all right with that, with the relocation, she would have never mentioned that. And so part of it is digging in just a little bit further, but being very observant of these opportunities that emerge. And trust me when I tell you, they're all over the place. They're all around you. You just need to be aware of it, to be disciplined, to look for it, and just shift your mind, your whole mindset to look for it. So... Another example that I'll share with you, when I joined an organization, I, I went to work for, I uh, made a, a change, joined another organization. So coming in new, I took over a, uh, a team and one of the employees on the team I could tell was pretty disgruntled. And and again, it's the, it's the process I take. I always meet with my employees one-on-one -on -one individually just to get to know them. Nothing really about the business per se, just want to know them what their goals are, what their expectations of me, and so forth. And she shared with me right out of the gate, didn't hold back, how disgruntled she was because she felt her salary was below everyone else. Now, some context here, she was one of my most tenured employees on the team. At that time, I think she had 10 years, uh, maybe a little bit more. Everyone else was basically, well, I was building a new team out. So I didn't really have any uh, any veterans per se. I think I had maybe like four, um, but her salary was the lowest, and that's not uncommon. When you have an employee that's very seasoned in your in in an organization that doesn't bounce around from one organization to the next, where they're leveraging getting a bump in salary, this is what typically happens. A veteran employee or a seasoned employee such as this one, over time, will fall below 
potentially where everyone else is coming in if you have new employees coming in. So I really wasn't sure what I could do, but I, what I did promise her was that I would at least look into it, which I did. And again, made some phone calls, asked some questions. Uh, and I was a pretty seasoned leader at that time, but this was the first I've ever come across uh, what is called an equity adjustment. I learned that in this process of making these phone calls, called my HR business partner. Again, went through the, the, the phone calls, found out that there really wasn't much that could be done. However, they wanted just to look into it. They wanted to compare her to everyone else. And I shared that with, with my manager at the time. And when the information came back, it was pretty clear she was far below where everyone else was, where, where most employees were uh, for her role. And my boss ran it up the chain and we actually got her approved for an equity adjustment outside of the normal merit raise process and year-end performance reviews. In fact, once we got to that point, it was added on top of that. When I circled back with her, I sat down and I shared what we were going to do and how we got this approved. She was absolutely stunned. I mean, she was floored. Again, I'll go back to what do you think that did for the timeline in building trust with her? It certainly reduced that timeline. I would say that that probably did fall under the one single event that defined and proved to her that I certainly had her best interest at heart. And in the grand scheme of things, those examples that I shared with you, uh, yes, it took phone calls and some were more frustrating than the others, but it didn't really invest that much time. And yet what it produced for me, the return on my investment was huge because again, it certainly did reduce that time to build trust. So my answer to you is, and, and, and the short answer, as I said, was yes. However, how you get there, that journey, because it is an elusive journey. The things that I just shared with you, you just can't see it at times until you're in the discussions, listening and picking up on certain triggers that will send you the message, hmm, maybe, maybe this is an area, an opportunity, I should say, to prove that I have this employee's best interest at heart. Let me see where I can take it. And you'll be surprised of how quickly you can build trust. It doesn't take much. You just need to be, as I said, very disciplined to be observant enough to look for it. These opportunities, they're all around. They're all around you. You just need to be aware of them and seize the opportunity. So Doug, I appreciate you sending the question. And again, I know you're listening out there, sitting back saying, well, this isn't rocket science. There's nothing that I'm sharing that is really earth shattering. And that is true. However, if I was going to give you one piece of advice to remember is this, what opportunities are there to prove to my employees that I have their best interest at heart? And remember, it is going to be very different from one employee to the other. Your biggest challenge is going to be just investing the time to look for the opportunities. We all get caught up, right? From one Zoom meeting to the next, we're exhausted. And yet the biggest challenge you're going to have and what I'm sharing in terms of how I approach building trust with my employees is time, is investing in the time 
to not so much investigate different things. It's more of investing the time to look for the opportunities, to just even be aware and have that mindset to be on the lookout for it. That's your biggest challenge. If you can get past that, those opportunities are there. You'd be amazed at how quickly you'll be able to build trust. So Doug, I appreciate you asking the question and reaching out to me. And if anyone else has a challenging scenario or some advice that you want me to weigh in on, please feel free to reach out to me through my website at Leadership Jam Session, or you can reach out through my training website, starttoleadershipgroup.com, and you'll hear back directly from me on your request. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you on the next Leadership Jam Session. Thanks so much for listening today. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to share it with a friend or colleague who you think might also get some value from it. I'm Rob Fonte, and I'll see you on the next episode of the Leadership Jam Session Podcast. Podcast.